Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now, you don't mind vacating the microphone to hand over to our next guest, do you? Oh, look, I suppose I can share it share with it, a certain yeah. special guest. <laughs> <laughs> he has arrived in the studio, ladies and gentlemen, the lion skipper. <laughs> Come on, Zorks, grow it. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. <laughs> Leave him alone. He's back. Seven, seven Good morning, mate. Good morning. Happy New Year to you. Thanks yes. for coming in. You too. And you're loving the heat, mate, by the look of you. You're half, you're half a man. <laughs> How lean are you? It's a contrast from when I was in here before Christmas, wasn't no, it? No, but it was fine. You, you'll uh, probably chunk up a bit, won't you, oh, come yep. season time? Yeah, I'll have to, yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm weighing in a little bit light at the moment. No, uh, we were getting reports that you're a lean, mean fighting machine. Oh, you are. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And, uh, yeah, look, it's been a successful preseason for me to start. Um, all the boys, to be honest, have come back in really good nick and um, – Great that I can obviously train, which is something I haven't been able to do for the last two yeah. and a half years. So, um, yeah, it's all going really well. We've got hopefully a practice. Well, we do have a practice match this afternoon, which is going to be great to get out there and give the Achilles a really good test. Um, see how it pulls up from there. Because I think it was this stage last year that we started to tweak the Achilles, then that plantaris thing, eh? Yeah, that's exactly right. It was Yeah, it was about um, now. And I reckon this time last year I was in the studio and I was about to play the first practice match or one of the practice matches for me. Um, and that's where it sort of ripped a little bit and had to go in for surgery not too long after. So, um, yep, no touch wood. Everything's shaping up really well. The boys are looking really great. Our new additions have been fantastic. Yeah. Um, exciting times at the, at the club, but every team's like that at the moment, aren't yes. they? Everyone's yeah. happy. Everyone's the best. So. Yeah. Not just AFL, every football team yeah. in the world in pre-season coming in. We're the fittest we've ever been. That's We're the, the most optimistic we've ever been, all that sort of stuff. But there is room for optimism, and, and I mean – you're being talked up all through the AFL, the, the the Dunkleys and the Gunstons and these young kids, the Ashcrofts and the Fletchers. You know, give us a little bit of a feel. I know Benny Davis was out there doing an interview, I think, with the Irish boys uh, yeah. the other day, and he ran into Josh Dunkley just having a coffee, and they he said, "Oh, he's a lovely guy, and he's he's loving it here." And yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Josh has fit in incredibly well. Um, all of them have. Obviously, we got Dara Joyce through the week as well. Yeah. Another Irish boy. Ken what does Defender. he bring to the table? Well, he's another key defender, so. Um, obviously, with Marcus going onto our injury list with his yeah. concussions, um, we needed to bolster definitely that department. Um, we've got Jack Payne coming through, uh, who's you know played a couple of games for us last year, a couple of finals as well. Um, but we just feel we're a little bit light on in that department. So getting him has been a great addition as well. He's come in. Um, he's living with Connor McKenna at the moment. Um, I don't know. There's just a really good vibe at the club. Um, and those new recruits, uh, Josh and Jack, Will, Jasper, um, yeah, they fit in seamlessly and um, they bring a real maturity, those other guys, and success. I mean, they've been a part of clubs that have won premierships yeah. whilst they've been there and they know the uh, the standards they need to set and drive to, to achieve those goals and, and that's something that we're all learning from at the moment. I was going to ask you about Marcus. What's yep. inside the four walls? It, it doesn't read well. We've basically lost him for the year. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think they're putting a uh, return date, um, if any return date, for... This season, I think he's just going to go on the on the long term injury list, and um, you know, try and get his head right. I'm just having conversations with him in the gym, 
Um, he still comes in and lifts weights, and yeah. he's he's thick. He's he's a big boy. If you think he was big on the field, he's he's massive now. He's um, yeah, bench and double what I what I reckon wow. he used to. He's enormous, but as soon as he starts that running process, he just goes it it, it spirals down really really quickly. So Jeez, that's scary, uh, it? it is it is, and as he said, he goes like no one has the answers for us at the moment. Um, but he just slowly builds and builds and. Every time he finds the the the, the peak, it, it sort of spirals down pretty quickly okay. for him. So, um, you know, obviously he'll hopefully do a few things around the club for us this year. Obviously non-strenuous and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can get him back. Yeah, you talked about the seamless intro of the new boys. Yep. Uh, we haven't quite nutted out our combinations at the front in the forward line, right? And now yeah. there's more to, to sort of work with some cohesion. Uh, you're feeling yeah. good about that all happening? Yeah, definitely. I think that's one thing, you know, obviously it was disappointing to lose Dan McStay at the back end of last year, um, getting traded to Collingwood, but bringing someone in like Jack Gunston, um, his, you know, his ability just to read the play, his skills, his leadership, he's been in big moments. Um, and that's something that Joe and Eric and, you know, even our small forwards, Charlie, can all learn off. And we've seen that out on the field. We've seen it in meetings already. He's just a really calm, influencing head and, um, you know, he's a, he's a real on-field leader in that department and we probably lacked leaders in that forward line um, over the past four or five years and he's someone that can certainly come in and, and help in that fill that role while mm. those younger kids are, are developing. Well, when we spoke to you late last year, you were pretty confident that young Will Ashcroft would be a, a first-year AFL player. Is there anything that changed your mind that you've seen pre-season? Not a thing. Not, Not a thing. Really. He's, yeah, he's, uh, wow, he's awesome. Um, yeah, and he's going up against, like, no slashes in the midfield either. I mean, you're going up against a Brownlow medalist, Josh Dunkley, who's probably double his size, um, holding his own and coming out with the ball on the other end. Like, he is, yeah, such a classy mover. Uh, his hands are really clean, and uh, hopefully he can have a really big year for us because I certainly think he's, he's up for it, no doubt. And more than likely, it won't be a full year. There'll, there'll be times where he, he needs oh, a rest. You know, but but start, you know, if he, do you, do you feel he might start? And if he starts, do you take him as long as he can? Yeah, that's obviously that's something for the medical staff and the um, conditioning staff to look at. But yeah, probably that'd be the way to go it and um, give him a little bit of freshen up here and there. But he's such a professional young kid. Like he would yeah. do everything he possibly can to get himself right for every week. You'd probably have to pull him back to, yes. to stop doing stuff uh, because he just wants to get better and learn and learn. So um, yeah, he's a, he's an incredible young man, um, very switched on, on and off the field. And um, I think he's going to have a really bright future for our club. Mm. Yeah, just... Totally devoted from what, from it what is. you read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just like just not on field. Like off field, he does all the right things. Um, he's always doing rehab stuff. He's always in with the coaches wanting to get better and learn. Obviously, our system, um, he would have had a little bit of an opportunity to do that last year playing in our VFL team. But, um, yeah, he's just come in and, yeah, he's just – there's a real authority about him. He's just – yeah. It's a good word, he's eh? A, authority. I like, I like authority. He um, he wants the club to succeed, which is really important, and he wants to do well as well. Yeah, now, I did read that H. McCluggage has an eye for the captaincy sometime down the track. Does I mean, he? Yeah. I'll get him on the blow. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading? A comic? <laughs> yeah. Look, Huey, uh, yeah, for me, I think it's always been um, – probably Harris is probably the next one in line, but – uh, what, what I've seen over Huey in the last, you know, 12 months is a real urge to get better as a, as a leader. And, um, he's doing that both on and off the field. He's really setting yeah. a, a strong example off the field at the moment. Um, he's learning heaps of different things. He's working on his relationship side and, um, you know, he's certainly, yeah, 
wouldn't surprise me if he was uh, the next to take over the club. Mm, you talked about uh, Ashcroft being in with the coaches. How is the coach? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, what's, what's the latest? Yeah, I think he's getting really excited. We're coming yeah. up to a, a period where, you know, games are starting to happen. The coach has probably been sitting on their hands for a little bit. They've, they're ready to code. Their fingers are getting all ready for the computers. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone's itching to go. But, yeah, Fags has been really good around the group. Um, always stays so composed um, and measured around us. And, um, you know, he's got us thinking in different ways again this year. Obviously, we got so close. So it's fine tinkering those little things that can make us better and, and take us one step further. And, I think what he's been able to do with the coaches and then obviously um, getting that across to us so far in the preseason has been great. But, yeah, he's um, he's going really, really well. So he's not overtly affected by this the investigation that's, that's apparently ongoing. I mean, yeah, we haven't heard much about it, have yeah, we? Yeah, that's right. And I, I we haven't really discussed it. We haven't touched on it the first day back at, in December. I think we, we touched on it for about two minutes and that was about it and we haven't heard boo since. So, obviously, it's a matter of... The AFL and, and, and obviously those parties going forward. But, um, yeah, I think we, we're just focusing on, on, on the footy side of things now. Now, this fascinates me because only because of the message I get at home constantly is when are you going to lose some weight? So you're <laughs> telling me that you've gone down from your playing weight of about 80 yep. down to 73. Yeah. So then what's the process for you now to get back up to a weight that you and your coaches are satisfied with come first bounce? Maybe he should ask you. <laughs> How did you do it? Have you got any tips? <laughs> well, for me to get to the state that I'm in has cost me a bloody fortune. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, no. So what's involved? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're probably what looking for four or five kilos. Yeah, maybe? I reckon a good playing weight for me is somewhere around 77, 78. So um, naturally, water is going to help a lot with that. Get me a little bit. You know, obviously you weigh in in the morning when you're starved. Lean as you yeah, you're starved. So this morning I was a little bit light. Uh, but yeah, it'd just be like nutrition's got me to this shape and obviously been able to run. So um, nutrition will hopefully help me put it back on and yeah. eat the right things and get up to a you, comfortable you don't weight. Ha- yeah, and it won't be ex- extra weights or anything like that. You, you've, nah, you know. nah, nah, I'll, nah, won't be extra weights. I'm doing enough of them at the moment. Yes. It seems to be falling off. So um, yeah, it'll definitely be a diet thing that, that we get right. And um, that's something we'll sit down with the nutrition experts and that closer to when the season starts. But um, at the moment, while it's still so hot up here, um, I think the leaner the better. Yeah, how are the Southerners handling the heat? Yeah, in a bit of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. has got the worst. Connor, Connor and Dara, they're in a bit of strife. Jack can't believe how hot it is. Josh <laughs> Josh has a place up in Noosa, so he understands the heat. He knows what it's like. But, um, yeah, those other boys are, are, are certainly battling a little bit. But even us as Queenslanders, yeah. it's, it, you, it's been hot. You just don't get used to it. You don't adjust. It's so, so hot. The humidity. Um, and if we have a storm the night before, I guarantee you by the time we start training, the sun will be out absolutely beaming down on us. And it's coming out of the ground. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, uh, we've got a text from Paul here. Uh, could you please ask Orks how Kitty Coleman's preseason is going? Yeah, Kitty Coleman's going really well. Um, him and his brother, actually. They've, they've come back in really good shape, and um, that was something that we certainly asked of them to, to do was to come back in a really good um, condition to hopefully accelerate their careers further. And, and Kitty's certainly done that. Um, we all know how great he is of a, of a kicker and a user of the football. Um, it's now going to be about that endurance and being able to do it for four quarters for us. So, um, yeah, he's in really good shape. Counting down to the uh, 7.30 news, the Lions skipper here. Thanks to Brighton Homes, Brighton is locking in your price until 2024, giving you the confidence to build your dream home today. Speaking of that, you're out at Brighton Home Stadium. How's it going, mate? Yeah, it's good. It's good, as I said it. Before Christmas, it's the best facility, you know, imaginable um, 
in Australia at the moment, I believe. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's great that we have our own um, facility. We can walk into the gym whenever we want and use it, go out on the ground, which is something that we haven't really been able to do ever. Um, and, of course, we've got the massive, the massive um, cage that we call it, um, you know, and the amount of boys you see in there doing touch, which never really happened at the Gabba because the space was like being in this studio. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a really great environment. It's a really professional environment. Um, and it, it's super enjoyable. Yeah. Hey, just quickly, we, we've got to get to the news. Uh, captaincy? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know you've had conversations. You've told us that. Uh, happy to stay on? I mean, obviously the club will make announcements and we, yeah. don't want to, we don't want to preempt them, but would you like to stay as captain? I mean, uh, There's a process in place um, at the moment and a structure that we're all um, sticking to. Whether that's me being the captain in... I think we're going to do it middle of Feb at some point. Um, obviously, I'm more than happy to leave this club. Um, I think it's dependent on how my body's going as well, and uh, of course, where the where the club sees the future of the of it going. So, um, but yeah, I'll certainly throw my hat in the ring and, and see what happens. But um, yeah, ultimately, that'll be one for the hierarchy to to, to decide. Yeah, and you'll be very valuable uh, whether you've got the C behind your name or not. Yeah, you know, and you talk about those other three leaders that that are emerging. Yep. it's it's still going to be great. Yeah, definitely. That's right. I can. Do a real, uh, I can help in that that process going forward as well. So, can the public come out and watch you this afternoon? Absolutely, it's, it's yeah. It's not a closed. No, so we're we're having it actually this afternoon. Uh, I think we start at four o'clock, uh, Aspley. So, we wanted to really keep the community involved. Obviously, in previous years we've been all over um, Brisbane training at different facilities. Now we're at a BHA, uh, Brighton Homes Arena. We, we know we sort of feel that you know we're yeah. losing our community touch yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. to their inner Brisbane um, community. So. I think this week and next week we're going to be at Aspley and, and the following week at Woolston Grange where the public can come down and watch us, grab a cold one, sit on the hill, watch us and, um, you know, interact with the players after after the session. Cool. All right. Uh, practice match for the Lions, intra-club uh, from about 4 o'clock this afternoon, Aspley Hornets. Yep. Uh, there's a text here, those rugby league heathens are playing home games at the Gabba this year. Are you worried they'll tear up the centre square? Oh, please do. <laughs> please do. <laughs> oh, don't say that in front of the oh, chairman of the heat. Yeah, when are they going to put drop-ins in? Yeah, well, after your career. Oh. <laughs> and my career. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mate, just we got to. Nice, why? We get it nice grass cover. That's it's our dummy like, Amy. It's not like Sydney or Melbourne where there's no grass on them and it's just a hard dirt. Have you been out there in the middle of the footy season? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like pillows running oh. on pillows. <laughs> I hope you blokes aren't getting soft. Our yeah. fast bowlers live on that. It's hard. A, they take oh, all the grass off it. Yeah. It's like running on a tarmac, mate. Oh, oh no way! It is that hard. Oh. And an, it's ice. It's like put your studs on it, and because it's so compacted and the oh. Yeah, no. yeah, no. Uh, You're getting a bit soft, you football. Oh. There's a lot of grass out I there. I see Lee, Lee Matthews is obviously writing your scripts for you. That used to be every every press conference during those early 2000s would start off about when are we going to get drop-in wickets here? Uh, well, I'm happy to have drop-in wickets once they get a bit better for cricket. Okay. They're not great, you know, for cricket. Well, what grounds don't have them? Uh, Sydney. You know the Swans go all right. Do they whinge much? They oh. make finals, <laughs> and they don't. And they I'm don't. I'm telling have, you, they're whinging down there. <laughs> and they don't have the grass that we can grow in winter. And you know, see, look up there. There's the TV highlights of a cricket match. You watch what our bowlers have to live what? on the white, hard rock road. That's a tarmac. I've seen it. Not your green. Hang on a minute. I've never seen a fairy tarmac like you. Brisbane go. Test first test. 
That green. was like playing soft, on the airfield. Soft and green. <laughs> Maybe footballers made us do that. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've confused our groundsman. Mm. Uh, this was supposed to be a sports update, and instead it's come a, a sports debate. <laughs> Brisbane Post and Beam, still direct to the public and tradies for over 25 years. Go to brispost.com.au. Um, Pat and Dane, uh, long memory. Uh, with your push for Brownlow voting to be given to the media, I see CA adopted the policy and Dee Warner won player of the series. <laughs> I, don't where, I don't know where much is going everyone. there. That's that. incorrect, everyone. <laughs> I think uh, who, Cameron Bancroft won, I think, uh, the player of the BBL. Uh, he was on 10 points and Chris Green went from seven to nine. Mark Walker only find two player of the matches uh, points for him, not three. And uh, I think Bancroft won. Okay. Well, come on. Zork's a father. He's got family duties to look after. Oh, yeah, he's he's been ready. kind enough to come into the studio. Got to get a few supplements into him. <laughs> no. Get ready all... for this afternoon. No, nah, no supplements. No, nah, just all the whole foods here. Is you know? I've changed my tune quite significantly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Well, I'll be coming to speak to you. <laughs> my, my wife will make you call you because she'll be no, listening for sure. That's going to put on weight. <laughs> he's trying to put it on, Paddy. You yeah. need to know what he's done, and there's get a it off. there's called a hard work tablet he's been taking. <laughs> now, do you want to? Do we want to go there? Oh, so so no. now you've you've both turned on me. <laughs> Zorks, thank you. Pleasure. It's, it's been a pleasure as usual. Look forward to chatting, mate, mate right through the season, and uh, all power to the Lions for That's 2023. Yeah, Let's go. I don't know whether the coach is more nervous about tonight's final or your arrival impending in Sydney this afternoon. Wade Second, a very good morning to you. Um, the chairman is on his way down, mate. As soon as we get off air, yeah, I just I just got wind wind of that, Paddy. So um, I'm sort of trying to get someone to intercept him before he gets to the ground, maybe. Oh, yeah, it'll help you, <laughs> won't it? Me me going coming down, <laughs> mate. How, how have you been sleeping? Um, we've got one. Uh, I'll dwell on a question about Launceston first, and you know what yeah. what are your thoughts and feelings about uh, our little collapse uh, after a good partnership by Jimmy Pearson and Sam Hain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not, I'm not dwelling on that one too much because, or, or not dwelling on it openly in front of the group too much because we've actually made a lot of ground in clutch moments this year where we've come through those pressure moments, and and that's sort of what I want to keep drawing on with with the group. Definitely, that was a little little setback for us, um, but I want to keep going into a finals, a must win game. I didn't want to draw too much on that collectively as a group, and I actually just sort of had more one on one takes with them, but. Yeah, it has led to a little bit of a restless uh, night's yeah. sleep. That's for sure. Heels. I sort of, I was, you know, it's one of those games where you walk away and you're, you're pretty flat for quite a while, and you, you know, you you kicking cans for a little while. That one. Yeah, your trust levels were quite high. Every player's doing their role pretty well, and he's improving, he's improving. And then bang, they get you with that. They yeah. just just let you know we've still got a bad loss in us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but look, you know. Always look at the silver lining heels, and maybe it's what we needed. We, maybe we needed a bit of a kick up the backside leading into these next couple of games too. So we've had a good run. We're, we're trending trending nicely. Um, look, a little setback's not the end of the world as long as we can we can turn it around tonight. Hey, Wade, what's it like for a coach, given the staccato nature of this competition? You haven't really got time to make fixes, have you? You know, whether you notice something with a bowler or a batsman that you know is wrong, you've got a day between matches sometimes. Yeah, and it's it's not as though you can go take them to the nets and you know yeah. work on slower balls or work on shot selection or you see body positions or whatever it is. You you just don't have that time. So, and a lot of the conversations that I'm having tend to be at an airport or in the foyer of a hotel yeah. or 
you know that sort of stuff so you sort of you're just constantly on the move and and sometimes the the coaching side of it in this environment is trying to keep the boys up trying to keep them positive keep the environment right so they actually feel like they can go out and perform the next day regardless of what just happened the day before because as you said you just don't have that time to to yeah. put the energy or, or the time into to, to making tweaks. And you could explain to everyone, Chuck, that uh, you never have the time because these squads come from all around the country and all around the world and you've got about a week before the tournament starts. Yeah, and I think that's 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 a big part of it too. And all you can try and do is, is reinforce a playing style and this is how we want to play and you've got the trust to go out and play this way and pat them on the back and good luck and away you go. That's sort of pretty much how it can happen sometimes. And they've they've been selected because they've got those, the games, uh, fairly complete games for T20 cricket. So you just hope that their confidence is high and you get some performance out of them. Yeah, that's right. And you, and you put them in the position where they'll hope, hopefully they're most likely to succeed as well. So, you know, they're in the... They're in the team because they play a certain way. They, they're in the team because they've done it before and that sort of stuff. And that's just part of the, the reinforcement you've got to have to guys because they do ebb and flow with emotions, with confidence throughout the tournament as well. And you just got to keep patting them on the back and telling them that that's why they're in the team. They mightn't have done it last game, but they did it the game before. You know, like a, a Michael Nisa just recently, he had, a, he had a poor game at the Gabba and he was, you know, the man was shattered. But when you look at his overall performance, it's off. It's off the charts. Good. Yeah. But um, you just know it's just one game away, and then he's then he's back. So you you pat him on the back, and and away he goes. And um, you know, well, he's he's a class act. He keeps rewarding. You would have read all the press. I mean, there's a a complete fascination about your left arm quick, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a star, I guess. When you you know, when you, you you're, you're six foot five and you're a good looking rooster and you you bowl <laughs> you, you bowl rockets. Um, and you can hit your mark. Um, you're going to draw a bit of attention, and uh, he's been he's been so impressive on on so many fronts. Obviously, people are noticing it on the on those death overs and those and those clutch overs that he's been handed. Like he's been handed some really tough overs. Um, we're noticing it that, but the level of professionalism that 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 he's that he's showing our group is is really good. He's um, he's incredibly thorough with with all his process, and that's been. I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing that success in him. So, yeah, looking so pleased that we unearthed him and we'll keep him in the teal for a long period of time, I hope. Within, yeah, within so. the team, any nicknames that he's developed? Oh, he's, he's just he's just Spono, um, combination of, of Spencer and Johnson. So okay. he's, he's Spono. Um, Nothing more than that. Nothing. Nothing other than that that I know. Actually, heels. Maybe yeah. you know something I don't know. Well, our that. listeners, our listeners are calling him the Bondi vet. <laughs> oh, is that right? So okay. good Bondi okay. might stick, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, okay. I might, I might try that one. Actually, yeah. And we've had no, a, I think he's. Uh... Yeah, we had another one calling him Shooter McGavin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. All right, thank you. Oh, there's a couple there that I can work with. Hey, That's just right. quickly, we know you're a very busy man today. I mean, in the ideal world, you would love not for Hayne and Pearson to be scoring the bulk of our runs. Yeah, and that's again, that's been a pattern of our our season really. When we go back and address it, is you know we're often two down for not many, and so you know in any in any form of cricket, but particularly this form of cricket, your top three have got to be doing the work for you. They've got to be doing the heavy lifting for us. So you know we're it, it's nice that Hayne and Pearson have, have you know they put a partnership on it. Lonnie didn't quite get there. They put a massive partnership on it, 130 in, in Brisbane previously to, to set a total. So yeah, you'd. 
you know, those sort of guys, Hayne and Pearson down the order, they're there to do the finishing roles, not the not the heavy lifting. So, yeah, it's on it's on the it's on the Usmans, it's on the Marnuses, um, this game and the Browns to actually go out there and and set a platform for us. Yeah, once, now once we, we've got a platform, we match up okay with the Thunder, um, Chucky, and I think we've got a team that should win, but we've lost twice to them this year. Yeah, that's that's right. We had a we had a bit of a diabolical one. At, well, at, um, down the Gold Coast where. Our last six overs went for about 84 runs, and that was that was poor execution on our behalf. There, um, so we played them here in Sydney, and we got we got belted. We actually didn't put a good performance on the on the paddock. But I agree with you, Hills. I look at the matchups, us see them, and we match up really well against them. They they're going to throw a bit of spin at us um, this mm-hmm. game, but I'm more than comfortable with that with with like those players that I mentioned I mentioned earlier, and then also to that batting lineup. We, we, you mentioned the Bondi vet. Um, if he gets a couple of overs in at Davey Warner and, and Matthew Jilks at the top of the order, he's a real chance of getting those guys early. So I, I agree with you. I think they're, they're right for the, for the taking, um, these boys. So I'm going into the game very confident. There we go. The Bondi vet nickname's already stuck. <laughs> I can see you taking this straight to the breakfast room. Hey, we know it's a busy day for you, mate, and you've got the whole state behind you. We're wishing you the very best of luck tonight because, as we all know, it's the point of no return. Must win tonight against the Thunder. Wait a second. Pass on our best wishes to the team for the game tonight. Thanks, Wade. I, I certainly will. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Brisbane Heat coach Wade Seckham joining us there. Australian footballer Arwan Mobile, who has just been named 2023 Young Australian of the Year. We've found him. In Prague. Owen, thank you so much for chatting to us today and, and congratulations. This is a, a wonderful honour. Uh, thank, thank, thank you guys for, for having me. It's a pleasure to, to be on your show and um, yeah, I really appreciate the kind words. I can only imagine your parents and your network of Sudanese people out here, Young Australia of the Year, Australian footballer. What wonderful achievements from where the beginnings were. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a moment that you know uh, sometimes you just have to sit back and and try to soak it all in. But you know, right now it's so overwhelming. And um, I called my mom yesterday, and she was you know shaking. Yeah. Because yeah, she she was just shocked, and um, and also she was really excited, you know, because she was not the prime minister and and things like that. So that was that was something that was very big. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's something so big that you know can't really imagine it. Yeah, I, we're familiar with your story, are we? Because of your high profile with with Australia, but the, the family from Sudan and then grew up in a in a Kenyan refugee camp. I mean, the, the changes that you've had to endure in your life are like very few others have had to. Yeah, you know, I think I see I see life as a journey. We all we all have our own journeys, and that's what makes uh, all of us unique in our own ways. Um, so you know, for for me and my family, we had our journey. Uh, uh, they they came from Sudan uh, because they were born in Sudan, and they went to to Kakuma refugee camp, and that's where I was born and uh, lived there for ten years before we moved to Australia. And you know, we're so so thankful that you know. We got a second chance at life, and to be able to follow our dreams here in Australia, and and that's all for us. We we'll always be grateful for, and um, and it's and it's nice because Australia, you know, is, is such a multicultural, multicultural country, and that's why it's the best in the world. 
because you can find, you know, every country in Australia. And and as you know, we're not without our problems, are we? But what, why Australia? At ten, how did it, how did the decision become Australia for your parents? Uh, we're lucky enough to have uh, our uncle in Australia yeah. and um, made the process a little bit easier uh, because you know you have this, you apply for this uh, humanitarian visa, and you can be resettled anywhere. So actually, a lot of my cousins went to New Zealand. Some went to the States, so you could be put anywhere in the world. But uh, we were lucky that our uncle was was in um, was in Adelaide at the time, and he he helped us, um, you know, sponsor us. So that 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 made everything easier. When did you first know that you're a decent footballer, or how did how did football emerge from the <laughs> the Kenyan refugee camp? Yeah, that's all we did. All we do is just play football. Yeah. I think everybody there is a footballer. Um, so um, it's something that we just did to, you know, to pass the time because, you know, if you're sitting around all day, you could uh, you could really, you know, um, you know, the reality will hit you because I, I think, like, this, the, the conditions they're living in there, it's, it's not easy. Um, so if you have too much time to think and not uh, occupied, then I think sometimes we can... It can get to your head and um, and it can be very destruct- destructive. So I think football is like a saviour for a lot of us. Yeah. Hey, Alan, tell us a little bit about your, your not-for-profit that you helped co-found Barefoot to Boots because it's not only just providing, like the, the name suggests, boots for kids that, that need them, but you're looking at better health and education and gender equality. There's so much more to this charity that you're involved in. Yeah, it's um, it's something that's really you know I think is my biggest my biggest you know what what gives me the biggest pride is to to is to help people and to help other people and um and you know through football I've been lucky enough with my football family to 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 help me and give me this possibility. Um, so through Barefoot now we we help you know hospitals, health schools, and uh, gender equality, um, which which for us is not just football. Football is the foundation, but around it we do many things. And and, uh, and I've said it before, the biggest thing with that makes me so happy is when we donated the the incubators to the to the hospital um, because you know the the premature babies. Uh, before the incubators were there, we were wrapping close um, and just hoping that they will, you know, uh, survive. But now with the incubators, they're guaranteed, you know. Um, so that's the biggest, that's the biggest, um, the biggest thing that we have done uh, for Barefoot, um, and we'll continue to do many things in the future. Oh, fantastic. Uh, but don't sacrifice your football career. You can do both for another couple of years, mate. <laughs> what about when you did... I, I could only imagine at 10 years of age, you you going into an Australian school. What what was that like? And then when mm. did you hook up with your fellow soccerer, Thomas Deng? When, when did that come together? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's quite interesting, you know, like when I first came to Australia, obviously I didn't speak English and uh, the only way I can communicate at school was playing yeah. soccer at lunch and recess. Um, and that was that was probably the, the most fun time, uh, <laughs> not the lessons, but um, 
and then uh, me and Thomas, uh, we sort of grew up together um, in the same neighborhood, and actually we're long distant cousins. Uh, and we just found that out maybe a couple of years ago, and it was quite interesting because we made our Sokoos uh, baby together, and we grew up together in Andrews Farm. Um, so for me, it's Thomas. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's something you can't write, mate. It's like you know, playing with your cousins for your national team, and you know, it, it's. <laughs> I don't think many people get to do that. Um, so, so for me, in terms of doing it, it's, it's, a, it's like a movie. Yeah, yeah, don't worry, there will be one. No, there'll be a movie for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the story just gets richer with the with the award. I know your mum and your uncle were there to, to to collect because you are in the Czech Republic and you're playing for Sparta. And I think it's this Sunday your time, isn't it? You 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 play. Yeah, we'll play on Saturday, Sunday, your time, all the time. So um, yeah, in, in a couple of days we'll we'll be playing. We'll be playing my first game here. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And Prague, can you believe that? Um, yeah. But, you know, in your early days, right from the beginnings, did you have this caring side? E- even in the hardship of the refugee camp, did you care for others right right from the word go? Yes, um, because uh, my mother was, uh, I think I got, all, I got it from my mother, the way she raised us. Um, she's a single mother and she's always, you know, Always, every, every every money that she she got her hand on, she would always buy me and my cousins, you know, the same clothes or the same shoes. Uh, whatever she buys, buys me, she buys my cousin or buys my my best friend at that time. Um, so uh, that is always I've always grown up that you know whatever I have, I have to share. Um, so I always wanted to help other people. You know, uh, the older I became, the more I wanted to to just give, you know, and uh, I've been lucky enough with football also, you know, now I can help even even more. So, yeah. Outstanding, mate. It is. It's a wonderful story, and I I know your mum, boy, she was just bursting with pride, (laughs) mate. She really was. Uh, Hey, enjoy the start with Sparta in in Prague on Saturday, your time. Uh, We just wanted to call and just say... Yeah, before, before... Yeah, before before I go, I just want to uh, wish uh, Pat all of the best for your final day with um, with Channel Seven, <laughs> and um, just on behalf of football Australia, thank you for everything you've done for the sport for nearly 50 years. Um, yeah, enjoy enjoy everything, mate, and um, you you have done a lot for for, for Australian sport. So just want to say thank you for that. Thank you, Ira. That's uh, the, uh, the, I love that. Thank you very much. It's much appreciated. And enjoy your time over there. And again, congratulations on just a wonderful achievement, our yeah. Young Australian of the Year. Go well, mate. All right, we've got another great mate of mine on the phone uh, who I owe a huge debt to. Heels. He wrote a, a wonderful piece for me last week in the in the paper in the Courier Mail. And uh, we don't get a chance to chat to him enough on this show. But uh, Crash Craddock, Robert Craddock. Good morning, mate. Thanks for joining us. Good. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure, Paddy and Heels. And uh, yes, emotional time for all of us, Paddy, with you tomorrow night. I'll just, uh, a little bit of all of us goes with you, old mate. Uh, you know, we've shared your journey and, and, and loved it every step of the way. Oh, the big fella from Bundy. <laughs> He's nearly done. <laughs> well, I wasn't, quite, I wasn't quite as big when I came down from Bundy. <laughs> it's cost me a fortune, as I said, to get into this state. Um, mate, well, yeah, uh, I've had some beautiful 
beautiful calls. I had uh, and Bruce McAvaney on the phone the other day. Just and we had a, we just had a good chat about some of the great times and, and and great events that we've been to and shared. It's just it's wonderful to reminisce at times. It, it is, and look, even uh, ten minutes ago, I was just sitting in the office and I got an email from Jack Craig, the former sports editor. And he said, uh, <laughs> if you're talking to Paddy, just remember, Jack was a former golf writer, of course, for the mm-hmm. Courier-Mail. And he said that Greg Norman once confided in him. He said, Jack, I've got to say this, Pat Welsh's slice is the only golfing error I always felt was unfixable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he said, you could have put the best teaching pro on it. He said, I, don't, I, I just think... Oh, I'm just not sure there's words for it. <laughs> That's what he said. And, and I just, it's just funny that comes in just 10, 10 minutes ago. Paddy, did you ever fix that slice? No. I'm not sure that you ever did. No, Crash, and I had some of the world's finest golfers attempt to fix it, and all of them just threw yeah. their hands in the air. As you, you know, the old line, still the only bloke in Queensland that can go around Albion Park in three shots. As long as, as, long as it's clockwise. <laughs> yeah, it right. has to be clockwise. That and, Paddy, I always – I never got back to you about this story, but I, I love the one that – where were you in Woolworths and you collapsed or something and your phone skidded up the thing and Greg Norman rang? That was true, wasn't it? That was yeah, that, it was uh, true, actually. I'd uh, – you sleep I, on a grape? No, I'd overexerted at the gym that morning and I just – I fell over in the uh, – and it was morning, so <laughs> I had no excuses. <laughs> uh, I was walking the, the Woolies car park at Tawong just before I went up to work and I literally fell over and – this young guy came to pick me up, and he was he was way out of his league. He was he was sort of a, a lightweight, and I was a heavyweight. He was trying to grab me, and as it happened, the phone went, and, and I said, "Mate, can you just please grab that?" And I said, "I'm struggling a bit here," and he's picking. He said, "Yes." He said, "This is Pat Welch's phone." He said, "He can't speak at the moment. He's in the middle of an medical emergency." And he, oh, oh, okay, no problems. I'll tell him. And he, he hung on. I said, "Who was that?" He said, "That was Greg Norman." <laughs> what a morning I've had! And with that, he just wandered off and left me there. <laughs> Jeez, you got the old oh, Novak Djokovic wobbly legs, did you? Yeah, I did actually. Um, yeah, there's a good book in this fella, but crash in there. You wrote my first book, and uh, we we sat through yeah. many hours of interviews, and yeah. Paddy would be the same. Well, and, and you know, Pat, you uh, came through the era too when you really felt you got to know sportsmen. Like, uh, you know, in the early 90s, you could ring up Shane Warne if you're on tour and say, oh, mate, I haven't got a story today. I was thinking of running this pasture. And, and it was instant access. And you felt that you, you knew people. Like, oh, Hills, I felt I knew you. You, you know, I, I felt I knew Helen and the kids and Laura and... and, and and it helps you so much with your stories. And, Paddy, you knew Alan Border. I mean, I know your godfather to his daughter, Nicole. You knew you knew where what Greg Norman liked to eat, what, what teams he supported, you know. And it just – it gives you fibre in stories. And I think it's so important to – you know, I dare say there'll be a lot of secrets die with you as well, Paddy. What do you think? <laughs> there, there will be a few, Crash. Yeah, I, I don't know whether the book will be all that interesting if I have to go with <laughs> – if I can't reveal any of the secrets. So – I'd prefer to go without a book. It's funny how the memories are so strong. Like one I just always remember, and Heels, you'd be out in the middle playing for Queensland at the Gabba, and Paddy would arrive in the early 90s and come up to that lovely old press box in Vulture Street and uh, he had a big night out Friday night. It'd be Saturday morning, and you'd always go, where's that kid? And we'd say, what do you mean? He said, you know, the one with the, the pies and the coats yeah. for the hangover. And, and, and you'd, you'd be looking out the door, you'd be looking down the steps, and you said, you seen him? He must be on school holidays. Be just, 
Well, You'd be desperate for the hangover cure. Well, well that was one of the ones that the, you know the Courier Mail used to often do those things. What are the what are Brisbane's you know what are, what are Brisbane's best hangover cures? And I, I remember mm. someone from the Courier phoned me and I said, oh, it's a pie and a coke. And I said that's that's my you know tried and tested. And you know we, I reckon the the paper had been out in Bundaberg for about ten minutes. Mum was on the phone. She said, oh, you've embarrassed the family again. <laughs> she said, do, you, do you really need to say that thing in, in print? You know? What about it, the Gabba? Like, no one would remember. No, no one would understand this. They used to go up the Sir Leslie Wilson stand and the Clem Jones stand with those leather-strapped boxes of pies and chico rolls. Yeah. You know how... Yeah, they don't yeah. have any of it now, do we? Because we don't need them until a, a test match day and you have to go out to the canteen. No, and Hills, there was that famous story when um, uh, Ian Passion uh, on the top of the Celeste <laughs> Wilson stand when he was 4KQ and did crosses and sunbaked Starkers up there. Remember that? Yeah. And uh, John McCoy did a public announcement saying, well, that gentleman on top of the Celeste Wilson stand, just winding him up, come down immediately, please. And the big coppers went up on top of the stand. And Ian had the headphones in. He was listening. He had coconut oil all over him. No one could see him. So he thought he was all right. And the coppers said to him, mate, uh, could you come with us, please? He said, no, I'm broadcasting. And they said to him, uh, famously, they said, where's your microphone? <laughs> Which I just thought was one of the good. But, but these were the hijinks we used to have at the Gabba Paddy, didn't we? Like, it was great. Um, you know, it was great fun. You know, you, 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 Shield games were big, and, and you'd be you, you wouldn't you'd go to the Shield at must for as much for conversations in the press box. Uh, you know, folks like John Benno, the selector, would roll into town and be full of opinions. Couldn't care who heard him. You know, it'd be, be great fun, wouldn't it, Paddy? It yeah. was. They were they were wonderful days, and uh, we've you and I have seen a hell of a lot of them in Brisbane sport over many many decades. Oh yeah, and. and but what I liked about it, mate, I've learned something from you every year, I reckon. I mean, here's one <clears throat> at last year's Queensland Sport Awards when you had, I just forget her name, she was on stage, but a terrific story, one of that might have been softball, I think. And uh, she, she was about 90 years old. And you, rather than ask her how old she was, you said, how young are you? And she <laughs> said, I'm 90. And I just thought it was a, it was I turned to Peter Comiskey beside me and said, that's Pat Welsh at his best. Just asking the question subtly, subtly, deftly, you know, non-offensively and, and just, you know, a, a great interviewer. That's one of your many, many strengths, old friend. <laughs> Thanks, Crash. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a, a fun time and we've had a lot of fun times together, you and I. And I, as I said, uh, I really appreciate the story you wrote. You, you put a lot of love and a lot of passion into it and, and all my family and my friends... Really appreciated the work that you did on it, mate. It was fantastic. Well, it's Thank on you. the merchandise wall oh. here too, Crash. I've got it up first time <laughs> in our merchandise corner. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny, Heels, because uh, and I, I, when I sat down to do it, and, and you know, I, I didn't. I still feel I, 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 impossible to do your career justice, what you've done. But I did feel this, and I've never felt this for a story before, that I was representing so many journalists over the years some of whom are no longer with us, the yeah. late David Fordham, the late Billy J. Smith, who were great mentors of you. I swear they were looking over my shoulder. Guys that have retired like Wayne Smith, David Falkenmeyer, Bernie Pramberg, mm. my old mate Jim Tucker, who are mad Pat Welsh people. They, you know, Patty, how's Patty in this? So, uh, I've, you know, you just, you will, uh, I know you're continuing on SEN, but your continued standing in, in my books is Queensland's greatest ever sports journalist. And, 
You know, I look back at guys like Bruce Wilson, but I don't think anyone's outshone your career, mate, so I just hope you're proud of yourself. Yeah, well said. Great stuff, uh, Crasher. I feel embarrassed, mate, because uh, I've always loved what you do. I love the, I love your writing style. I love the, just the, the turn of phrase that you have. I could read it until the cows come home. But Crash, really appreciate the time and the effort that you've put in uh, for me over the last few weeks, mate. And uh, we'll remain firm friends for uh, until we're both finally asked to leave this mortal coil. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny. Your last uh, three words of my story where you said, I just feel so lucky, or four words. And I thought that that summed up the journey uh, for Hills and, and all of us, really, the lives we've led in Queensland sport. You know, it's just, you know, there are some some states you go to and it's, you know, there's a real uh, heavy atmosphere and a sense of, uh, of you know, uh, occasional drops of nastiness. But the Queensland up here has just been fun all the way. Yeah, we've had our moments, your fallouts and blues. But what a journey for all of us, Paddy, and uh, hats off to you, old friend, and uh, just enjoy tomorrow night, and I hope that uh, there's a conga line of uh, fans outside Channel 7 to uh, <laughs> wish you the best after you read the news for the last time. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Crash. Good on you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, Robert Crash Caddick from the Courier Mail, and uh, he's a wonderful writer. That's great. Great um, feeling of his about Ford and Billy Jay looking over his shoulder. Mm. They were, right? They would have been. Yes, uh, he wrote it for them. He's so th- thorough too. I mean, we spent a couple of hours just having a steak at the creek, and we went through. And he he uh, he's interviewed me several times before. We've been great mates for years, but he kept texting and just I just wanted to check this fact and and things like this. He was fascinated yeah, right. by the fact that for the first time in near forty years, I'm going to have to pay for a haircut next time I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. Imagine if you had a, you know. Uh, paid for your own, you would have had less, and your salary would have been heaps higher. <laughs> you've, you've salary sacrificed your haircuts. <laughs> now you know who we've got on the uh, show right now. I do. She's been having an absolute wow this part of the summer. Beth Mooney, good morning to you. Morning, guys. How are you? Morning, Moose. We're having a bit of fun. You've you've now finally seen how easy Elise's had it all these years. <laughs> You're making hundreds. Oh God. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, Heels. I think um, I'd be more than happy to pass your niece the gloves back very shortly, hopefully when our calf's all good. So uh, as we both know, it's not an easy job and um, she's made it look very easy for a long period of time, hasn't she? Well, hang You've on a minute. Well, I, I think you're being a bit modest yes. here, Heels, the other day just singing your praises with a catch down the leg side. You remember it? the one? <laughs> the one off uh, Shooter. I've mopped up a bit of a... One of the one of her um, only bad balls in the last ten years, I reckon. So, yeah, um, pretty lucky to, to get that one. We'll never forget them, Paddy. We always remember those. I've got a question for you. First up, we've asked a lot of people their favourite canteen, you know, <laughs> and and what food you get at your favourite canteen. Have you got one? You're like your Wide Bay, you grew up. I, I don't think I knew you. You were born in Shepparton, eh? And going to yeah, yeah, Wide Bay. I keep, keep that one. Yeah, keep that one um, pretty quiet Sorry. down in Victoria, but um, Harvey Bay girl. So yes. I used to go watch my um, my sister play AFL down at a local um, AFL club, the Harvey Bay Bombers, yes. and get myself a potato pie. A potato yes. pie? Potato, potato meat pie, yeah. Ah, very good. Very good. That's very, very good. At that. And so you didn't consider following the sister into AFL? I dabbled in it occasionally and um and probably played a few times and I probably shouldn't have and saw, you know, a broken fibula and a broken collarbone. So I thought um that that might be the end of my AFL career <laughs> before I before I break something. 
Well, right at the moment, this team looks like it's breaking records. I mean, you're just untouchable at the moment. Last night's game, 7 for 96 in Hobart. Chased down in 12.4 overs. You've got amongst the runs again. Uh, you're, you're in a rich vein with the bat particularly, aren't you? Oh, I mean, you know, you you, you take the runs when you can get them, don't you? Because it's a pretty fickle game. It can turn on you very quickly. So, um, yeah, absolutely. It's nice to be hitting a couple out of the middle and, and hopefully... Uh, can continue that onto that World Cup in South Africa. Yeah, is that the next commitment, Moons? Yeah, so we've got obviously one more game in Canberra on Sunday and then um, we're on the plane Tuesday night to um, Cape Town. So um, we'll have a couple of practice games when we get over there and a, a couple of trainings and the, the T20 World Cups happen very quickly. So if you're not if you're not ready to go from day one, you, you can be chasing your tail a bit. Yeah, it's, it's from February 10 to February 26th. You know that uh, the big one we had in Australia. It's not a big one. It's the same one. It, was it that short? Oh, um, I don't reckon they go for much longer than sort of or three weeks. I reckon. Yeah. Okay. We we only have two 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 pools, so we only have two teams, two groups of five teams. I think so. Yeah. Um, they pretty much get your game. You sort of play and then have a day off and play again if you're in the same spot. We. We were sort of travelling, training, playing at that home World Cup, so it'll be nice to be based in one place this time around. Yeah, so probably the same length of time, just a bit over two weeks. Your pool is your your t- games are New Zealand, South Africa, Sri Lanka, and Bangladesh. Now this Pakistan series hasn't thrown up a whole lot of competition for you. Do, uh, are you ready, or are those pre-tournament games a little stiffer than Pakistan? Oh, I think I think um, any international game is always tough. They Pakistan pose a, a different challenge to us in the in the way that they uh, set up their team. Obviously, they got a lot of spin bowlers, and um, maybe some of the wickets we've played on this series haven't been all that conducive to to spin bowling. But um, certainly, they're they're a different side, so we've got to set up slightly differently to them. But um, yeah, those those practice games in South Africa, I think we've got one against India and one against Ireland. Will will obviously throw couple of different challenges at us and um, we've got to be all systems go come that first game against New Zealand in what's a, a pretty tough pool. Mm. Hey, uh, I think you and Meg were the only two that didn't bowl last night. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, uh, what's the rationale behind the nine bowlers? Oh, I think just, um, you know, I obviously haven't had any discussions about it, but um, I certainly didn't try and warm my shoulder up asking Meg for a bowl <laughs> competing with those nine bowlers, but... Um, well, I think we've just got the luxury of having a, a whole bunch of all-rounders in our side, don't we? So, um, unfortunately for Meg, she's got some decisions to make in in who bowls their allocated overs and, and who doesn't, and, and that's sometimes harder harder when you've got too many and, and a bit easier when you've got only probably six to choose from. So, um, it's probably just about getting some loads into some of the girls and mm-hmm. seeing them bowl in different scenarios in the game as well and, and how they cope with that. Now, I'm getting no intel whatsoever from the gentleman sitting opposite me here. What is the latest on Alyssa? Yeah. Oh, heels would know more than me. But, no, um, I've got nothing. Just, <laughs> just from, she, she popped her head up at our game in Sydney and seems to be tracking along really nicely. So hopefully she's good to go for um, those warm-up games in South Africa and, and gets a bit of cricket in her belt. But I think she's back hitting and, and keeping and the like uh, back in New South Wales and... Um, yeah, obviously with the World Cup around the corner, it just probably wasn't worth the risk of trying to get her up for these games and making sure she's right and ready to go for those because we know how how big a player is she, how big of a player she is for our team. Yeah, it's a, I mean, there's 
these um, options that Meg's got to choose from all through this team is is making a transition from you know the, the experienced players to uh, the next generation players very seamless. Um, and it, I think it's even made Elise Perry fight a little bit harder to get back to the top, hasn't it? Yeah, geez, I'll tell you what, there's some, some very good players in our squad at the minute and also some very good players not currently in the squad biting at our heels to get in, in mm. the environment. So, um, yeah, it's it's tough going. You know, once you get in this team, you want to stay in it for as long as you can, obviously. But, you know, certainly we've got the depth to um, compete with, with any team in the world and, and make sure we're right front and centre when it comes to the pointy end of tournaments. So, um, yeah, I think... I'd hate to be a selector for the Australian women's team. They've got some tough decisions to make moving forward, but the beauty is um, because we know, every player in the squad knows that we're we're constantly evolving and, and changing our games and making sure that we're, you know, getting better all the time. Hey, you've obviously would be, this would be a conversation, a source of conversation in the team. I've got no doubt you're you're in the Republic for all of February, but after that, there's the women's IPL, and we're just talking here the five franchises have sold for over 800 million Australian dollars. I mean, they're talking that this is a revolution in women's cricket, women's sport. Yeah, uh, you know, women's sport, I think, globally is getting some traction, isn't it? And um, that certainly was a was a game changer or is going to be a game changer, hopefully, for forever um, for, for cricket around the world, I think. Uh, the girls, girls are excited. It'll be a bit of an um, interesting experience seeing who gets picked up and um, who goes to what team and things like that. And certainly a lot of people want to be involved for sure because, um, you know, playing in Indian conditions is always a, a wonderful experience and, and the culture over there is amazing. So um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people around the world, not just in Australia, putting their hand up for hopefully a spot in one of those teams. Mm. India will be one of your closest rivals. That series that you played uh that that match in Mumbai was un, unreal, but uh, which would they be one of your closest rivals? I guess it's New Zealand, South Africa, uh, England. How, how's everyone travelling in your mind? Yeah, I think India certainly are a, a huge threat to to every other team around the world. They've sort of been threatening for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and obviously they'll probably get a little bit of wind in their sails with this um, WPL um, tournament that's about to kick off too, just with that backing from the BCCI. So. Um, yeah, I, I've sort of worry about how good they're going to be in a few years' time, but I'm, I'm guessing I'll be retired by then, so I won't have to worry <laughs> too much. But um, yeah, I think I think India, I think certainly England are uh, always up up the top of the tree as well. So um, T20 World Cups are, are never easy to win, and they're certainly not easy when you're coming up against very good teams like those two. All right, we've we've run out of time, but uh, congratulations on what you've achieved over the last few weeks. It's been exhilarating to watch with the the bat and with the gloves as well. It's been sensational, uh, and you're up for a really exciting time now. As we said, the you head to the uh, you head to the Republic very shortly. The tournament is between the Feb 10 and uh, Feb 26, and then of course there's the Women's IPL starting March in India with the just eye-watering amounts of money available. Then, then the Ashes. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's what right. A, what a year. And Plenty on. Paddy makes the <laughs> South Africa sound like Czechoslovakia, doesn't he? The Republic. <laughs> South Africa, mate. Good luck, Beth. <laughs> I, I love going to South Africa. Yeah, all right, Beth. Congratulations on what you've done and uh, and all the best for the team over there at the World Cup. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Beth Mooney there. <laughs> Asking the hard questions, Hills. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's right. 
that, that cat's down the leg side, a little leg glancey, sweepy thing. She caught it. It's unbelievable.